1: Welcome to the World Warfare NFL Tuesday podcast, August edition, sponsored by Yahoo! DFS. I'm Joe Bartle, and join alongside me, as always, is Jake Latarski. We got a little bit of bounce back candidates that we're going to be breaking uh, today first, but we want to get to some of the news that occurred uh, Monday and Tuesday. I think first and foremost has to be Andrew Luck is now evidently, according, according to owner Jim Ursay, dealing with a small bone issue Jokes aside, I think a small bone issue is certainly worse <laughs> than whatever calf, hamstring injury, whatever uh, luck was dealing with in OTAs. This has now progressed again, and that feels eerily similar. To how the severity has ramped up with the shoulder injury two years ago. Exactly. It feels the same way, and I'm getting a little bit of the heebie jeebies if I was interested in the Colts offense.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, Joe. It's just the pattern here. We go from, you know, just kind of an ankle issue to a calf strain to a bone thing. It seems to be accelerating uh, a little bit too quick for my liking. Surprisingly, though, I was looking at ADP, and it hasn't reacted like I would expect it to. Uh, Right now, over the last 30 days in NFC drafts, Andrew Luck is the second quarterback behind Mahomes, and over the last Seven days, he's the third quarterback. So people aren't afraid yet. But I'm thinking, yeah, maybe they should be. There's too many good quarterbacks to use a higher draft pick on someone like Luck and risk him not being around so uh, for me personally I think that's enough to bump him out of my top five because I wasn't going to take him at number two I'm not going to take Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield or Aaron Rodgers anyway unless I get a a tremendous value there so what's his
1: current number ADP so he's the number two quarterback behind Mahomes. so like what round ish is he going in in 12 team formats
2: we're about 60 so fifth round
1: Oh God, that's I mean, regardless mm-hmm. of the the calf injury yeah. alone, should have had you fading him down to round six, seven, eight, and even then I wouldn't go that direction. But if he's still there, and now we have the small bone issue on top of the calf, mm-hmm. or instead of the calf or whatever else, the the Colts organization and how they've been handling Andrew Luck specifically and his injuries over the past five or six years is frustrating. Not just as a fantasy analyst, but as a uh, husband to a uh, Colts fan and super big Andrew Luck fan overall. I don't know how I'm going to be able to go home and tell her, oh, honey, sorry, uh, Andrew Luck now is a small bone issue, and he's still not practicing. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this is carried into the OTAs, and yeah, this is definitely the second time in the last four seasons that we've had Andrew Luck's injury progression go higher throughout the course of a season as opposed to going lower he's able mm-hmm. to shed it like this is yeah it's it's all sorts of frustrating to me mm-hmm. right
2: now yeah the one thing that the colts organization has done well is helping build that offensive line from the one a couple years ago where he was getting you know sacked and hit left and right you know he's made it to 31 games over the last two seasons so that's a good sign and rotowire's got the colts offensive line ranked number five so oh, I, mean, I think that
1: could even be higher honestly mm-hmm.
2: yeah right yeah i mean right now we have uh Cowboys Saints Eagles Steelers Colts and obviously these are qu- are up for debate but uh, you know all good offensive lines
1: yeah absolutely uh, my favorite guy Kenyon Drake left practice early Tuesday it sounds like he's fine it was a lower body injury I always get a little bit skeptical uh, when we have these generic terms tossed around as far as lower body goes mm-hmm. specifically for sounds running like hockey back. yeah exactly well and, and hockey guys they can shed off injuries no problem because they're tough as nails Kenyon Drake I'm sure is also much tougher than me, but maybe it remains to be seen if he's mm-hmm. as tough as a hockey player.
2: Six eleven mean, two or I'm sorry, 6'1, wow. six <laughs> one eleven, uh for a running back. He's that's pretty basketball. decent size. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, still obviously the uh Kalen Balazs, uh and if he's starting or if Kenyon Drake they're sharing time. That's been debated ad nauseum now, but an injury mm-hmm. for any extent and if he misses any time and again we don't know he's. Supposed to be practicing against Wednesday, according to Coach uh, Brian Flores, but we've kind of seen this before, and it, mm-hmm. it's went different ways. That's that's another—this is just more or less a caution. Again, this is what you're dealing with, a running back who has been benched for Frank Gore and also was benched at Alabama, like or at least splitting time. We should not be guaranteeing that he's going to be the number one starting running back for the Dolphins. And yeah. what that role means overall is not an enticing fantasy value, in my mm-hmm. opinion.
2: Yeah, Drake's ADP in the last 30 days is down to about 59, so two spots behind Andrew Luck. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried about the Balage situation. This certainly doesn't uh, do much to To ease my concerns, uh, even though it is early in the preseason, I'd like to see him get some preseason action to be sure. But this is a player I don't see myself owning a lot of because, you know, looking at some of the guys around him, uh, you know, the Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, we might talk about later today, uh, Hunter Henry, Tevin Coleman. um, That's what we're looking at uh, that you might have to. Pass up for a guy like Drake, but you seem like you're ready to do that though.
1: I was I was ready to do that three weeks ago. This this information mm-hmm. hasn't changed much for me. I, I'm still convinced that mm-hmm. while I think Kenyon Drake is a, a pretty good running back, I don't know if the Dolphins do. Mm-hmm. And that's concerning to me when they're probably gonna be a bottom five yeah. offense overall.
2: See, see, you got lucky, you don't have to defend the takes so much anymore. We got the injuries, so you don't no longer have to die on the <laughs> oh, hill. Will, we can will, roll will, it back. We can I'll, roll it back.
1: I'll continue to keep uh, dying on that hill. In fact, I have a feeling I'm gonna end up writing an article by the NFL season defending some of my hot takes and Kenyon Drake is certainly shaping up to be my mm-hmm. number one overall as far as I will not draft this guy, and here's why. Uh, yeah. We have a circuit of running or receivers to kind of discuss as well from Tuesday's, noon, John, or Tuesday's news. John Ross is expected to return uh, to practice potentially as soon as next week. That's a little bit of a, a newsworthy quip, at least – for Tyler Boyd's sake, but also A.J. Green. Again, he's going to be out missing time, potentially up to week one of the regular season. That's now, by default, John Ross, the number two wide receiver for a Bengals offense that, while it might not be great, at least in comparison to other AFC North components if nobody else, it's a a role for a guy that has a lot of speed and is a decent enough receiver and, oh, by the way, had some touchdown receptions last year. I don't know. If John Ross is healthy, it's really tough for me to not take him with one of my last few picks in a best ball format or even in a 14-team league. Like That's kind of where he's going right now, where he's either waiver wire fodder, fodder or kind of that 14 to 16 overall pick.
2: Yeah, you'd, wise. Have, you'd have to be in a pretty deep league to get uh, him drafted because he's about 260 in terms right. of ADP. That puts him at wide receiver 84. This is over the last uh, 30 days. So in context, you're looking at guys like Marquise Lee, Ted Ginn, Nelson Aguilar, Demarcus Robinson, Colt Beasley, and in that thing. So the price isn't very high. I can see it, but uh, most of the... The drafts that I'm in, a lot of them are, are very late. I like to schedule them as late as possible. So I'm going to be waiting on the latest on A.J. Green. If uh, we don't get positive news or there's any setback there, then he probably jumps up a little bit for me. But for now, I think undrafted is fine in a 12-teamer, and uh, we'll pick him up on the waiver wire if we need to.
1: Yeah, undrafted, 12 team. I think, I think I'll think i be the only one that's still taking him rounds 15, 16, 17, 18, just because of what he could be, and that's fine. Like <laughs> If he doesn't end up being what I think he could be, then You just cut them, right? And there isn't yeah. anything. Like well, 18 is pretty deep. That's almost for best ball, right? Well, no, I was saying for rounds 14, 15, oh, 16. Oh, I gotcha, I got Yeah, you. but best, right. So best ball, certainly I'm taking him, but I'm saying, either, yeah, why the heck not? Right. In a round at 12 team and it's maybe drafting 18 rounds overall, I feel confident saying, mm-hmm. all right, before I take that, defense and kicker which you should always wait towards the end to take mm-hmm. or at least i do uh john ross yeah. is probably sneaking in there
2: i just see you i just see cutting him shortly week one or two right. when i get into a dilemma because you look at those first couple weeks say aj green's not there and he still doesn't produce then he'd yeah. be one of the first guys off so that's
1: fine that's that's fine with me and, and more power to you but then what happens if he gets you know five catches 60 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. while well, you're you're glad that you invest in him because i'm sure somebody's gonna pick him up before okay. then if that's the case so uh Nikhil harry rookie receiver for the patriots they draft in the first round this year is dealing with a quote unquote variety of ailments yes that's not a great news as well with the lower body stuff with Kenyon and Drake um, it sounds like it's it's mainly lower body stuff as well for Harry. And he's been able to, he's been missing some practice. I don't know. Like, what's your thoughts on him overall? What were you feeling for his draft stats entering the season now? How do you feel with multiple injuries that he's dealing with?
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel great before, just the whole rookie receiver and a Bill Belichick offense. I mean, Belichick's the kind of coach that we saw this with James White, who's excellent now, but he spent most of his rookie year on the inactive list. And I understand that need might force him to change his mind there. But when he's got guys that have been with the program, like Philip Bursette, uh, you know, Julian Edelman will be around here. Uh, uh, eventually we presume here Demarius Thomas on the pup list he's got guys like that and experienced pass catching running backs uh I don't necessarily have a ton of faith in that volume and I definitely want to see him get involved with Tom Brady in the preseason to whatever extent it is even if it's only a series I'd like to see him get a re- get involved catch a couple of passes show some chemistry before I'm interested in investing any real draft capital in him right now he's uh 40 wide receiver 49 uh 125 126 overall um I don't feel the need to reach too much behind that. I mean, uh, you know, you look at some of these guys around him, Anthony Miller, Devin Funches, Manuel Sanders, DK Metcalf, you know, there's not a ton of excitement there, but uh, I think that he's, Basically ranked appropriately.
1: Yeah, I've always been interested in DK Metcalf, at least early in best ball drafts, and then when he went to the Seahawks, I've, I doubled down on that. Mm-hmm. I would still feel confident for a tenth round selection in twelve team formats for a guy like Nikhil Harry and uh, DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. If Josh Gordon, you're not relying on him to start at that point, so right, yeah, right. Why, why not take a chance? I, I can four, see where you're going. Wide receiver five, the way I've been putting on my teams, but Josh Gordon did reapply for reinstatement if he ends up playing at any point, I think that's where I get concerned. And you talk about cutting John Ross instantly. If I found out that Josh Gordon was coming back and was able to play even week three, week four, Harry probably hits free agency for me. I think by necessity, he was going to be targeted a lot. He's not taking the Rob Gronkowski shares necessarily, but I also don't believe that Julian Edelman is going to be funneled everything. I think it's going to be a variety of different players that get targets and get looks. And I think Harry will be on top of that. But also, His body would suggest that he's one of the primary red zone benefactors of that Patriots offense, which we expect will continue to move the ball Mm -hmm. despite Tom Brady's advanced age. So I I liked him to an extent. If he's missing time, and you're right, if he's not able to get some chemistry with Tom Brady, with that hamstring injury, as well as a toe or ankle, according to Mike Girardi of the NFL Network, that's concerning to me and where I probably would be targeting more of an Emmanuel Sanders or, again, DK Metcalf over Harry at that point.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can get behind
1: that. Uh, Marquise Brown, another rookie receiver, he returned to practice Tuesday. He had missed all of the preseason prior to that. He immediately made an impression and has been one of the standout guys, at least, again, started practicing Tuesday, has been uh, doing well in the side portions of practice and really made an impression with the coaching staff and the beat r- beat writers uh, talking about him so far. There's a lot of reasons to fade the Ravens receivers overall, and I understand every one of them, but when I believe, and I, I truly believe that Lamar Jackson could be a number one overall fantasy quarterback by the end of the 2019 season, if I believe that, somebody has to be on the receiving end of Jackson's uh, targets. And I think Brown is the likely culprit who could be again, a late round value get with the speed that I like quite a bit. Yeah. I think maybe that's
2: a little too aggressive on Lamar Jackson. Top 12, possibly I'll give you that, uh, number one overall. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that at about a 0.01% chance. But, uh, I do, if you, if you are on that train, somebody's gotta get the passes. Uh, Willie Sneeds around, Marquise Brown, not a whole lot of size there. So you're, uh, you're counting on Jackson with pinpoint accuracy on short routes. And, and I'm not sure it's quite there yet. And I would also put the tight ends, at least Mark Andrews ahead of Brown in the pecking order for targets, especially when we get down towards the red zone. And again, this is a team that'll run, uh, I would guess they're gonna be the closest to an even split and pass run. They wanna they wanna run the ball as much as possible with a and I would too, if I were them given all the tools they have at yeah. their disposal. So Marquise Brown, ADP right around 200. Um, yeah, fine with the last couple of picks and see what happens. But again, it's a rookie wide receiver on a past second offense.
1: I try to stay away from making too many impressions from week one's preseason contest. I am interested in seeing a few week, two preseason preseason games, mm-hmm. the Ravens face the Packers. I- I'm interested to see what Lamar Jackson does against the Packers defense. And I'm interested to see if Hollywood Brown can play another game. that I'm also interested in watching and, and we don't really have it on the show prep necessarily, but I, I'm I'm curious to hear because there's news that Kyler Murray is going to play more than one snap in the Cardinals week two preseason contest. That's another one that while I'm trying not to look too far into preseason, I'm very curious to see what the Cardinals will do against the Raiders. on both sides of the ball. I want to see the Raiders offense without Antonio Brown and everything else, but I also want to see what Kyler Murray and uh, another week of prep against NFL competition is going to do for his Mm staff.
2: Yeah, he's one guy uh, you know, you don't take too much into the preseason but you mentioned Murray. uh, He's one guy that I definitely want to be keeping an eye on in the preseason, because uh, we move Rotowire as a whole moved him up on the QB rankings. I still think that the consensus is people are a little bit too high on him, uh, if, you know, for a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, if you will. Um, but he's someone that could possibly change my mind if he has a, a Russell Wilson like preseason. You know, the the year that Russell Wilson yes, won that job. Yes. Yeah, well, that's him. basically what he'd need for for me to get enough confidence in him to use any kind of draft capital, and at make this no point.
1: mistake, you're not saying that he's competing with anybody for the job, but he needs to have that level of a mm-hmm. preseason yeah.
2: performance. He needs to be that electrifying at NFL speed against some first stringers at one point or another.
1: For you to be as high on his fantasy stats as many mm-hmm. others are, yeah. For me to even screen.
2: consider him in QB gotcha, one territory, gotcha. there's just the pool's so deep.
1: No, and I I agree with you, and and you kind of uh, brushed off my Lamar Jackson hot take, and and that's fine. I totally <laughs> get that. Um, um, I, I, I still couldn't convince myself if you were actually serious about that. That's oh, why I'm rushing to it. No, I <laughs> 100% was. Like, I, 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 I Lamar Jackson, am,
2: number I'm, one overall, come out. We'll the just, ceiling goes up, but you know maybe top 12, but number one, there's, there's about is, zero is next chance. This is Tuesday's
1: there. podcast, right here in a nutshell, is my love <laughs> for Lamar Jackson. That's fine with me. Mm-hmm. We can discuss that further, but. If yeah. I love Lamar Jackson as much as I do, and I do, then I think the the same thing should be applied for Kyler Murray. However, there are some differences. A, he's a little bit smaller behind a worse offensive line and in an offensive system that, while it could be successful, mm-hmm. I need to see it first. Yeah. And that's all the differences that I have um, with Lamar Jackson. So that's I, yeah. why At I'm not At least I'm Lamar Jackson's
2: you. got like a six or so week sample size where he proved it. Right. And he can be fantasy productive. He was a great DFS guy for me last year.
1: Right. So that that's where my concerns are with Kyler Murray, and i echo the same sentiments that you have. I need to see it first with Kyler before I'm all in, and I think that's um, where some mm-hmm. people differ. We're, we're going to get to some of the guys that struggled last season, but we expect to bounce back this year and could be fancy values for your fantasy drafts. But before we do that, let's have a word from our, our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. It's officially August, which means football season is around the corner, and Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get in the action now. With the Best with Best Ball, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you have drafted your team. Each week, the top scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically come Count towards your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment, no waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough start or sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy football, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early or not finish altogether. Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football but don't want to manage those teams all season? Well, you can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or play for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at Yahoo.com Best Ball, coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. Now, Jake, I've been kind of talking about this bounce back players, and that's sort of the theme for today's podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not so much that we are in love with these players, right? We we talked about our our, our, our oh boy, our loves and hates uh, in the past two sessions of podcast. This is so kind of dictating players that struggled last year we think will improve mm-hmm. and as a result maybe you should be considering a little bit more than they're currently mm-hmm.
2: going and they can struggle for a variety of reasons sometimes it's injury sometimes it's just circumstance and these are guys that for one reason or another had what we would refer to a down year by their standards yes. that have a chance to bounce back and a lot of uh sometimes i think that their adp is out there appropriately and and if if it's coming up to your spot in the draft and you see one of these guys maybe you owned them last year or the year before and they haven't been good and they just left a really sour taste in your mouth what well, we're saying here is that it shouldn't be an automatic pass because there is an appropriate value to get these guys so uh, we'll get to a handful of guys at, at each position that we think could have
1: a pretty significant improvement from last season and, and we'll take it from there I think we gotta start first with Aaron Rodgers right at the quarterback spot he finished mm-hmm. number six overall last year which is totally fine like if most fantasy quarterbacks finish number six overall you'd be very optimistic about their status this year or whatever else that's not necessarily the case for Aaron Rodgers who's Missed essentially. Well, he missed the year before, but also was injured for all of last year, uh, and I think kind of dictated how he's going to play. And of course, the Mike McCarthy era is now done. So there's reason for some optimism, but I don't know if I necessarily see it among the fancy community so far.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's been an interesting one. I think by most accounts, he's a top five quarterback. If you look at cheat sheets or ADP, I'd prefer him over Andrew Luck at this point. This is what we've scheduled, but he's a tough one to call bounce back because I thought in my head like, okay. um He's ideal. He could jump back into the top five, be what we expect from Aaron Rodgers You know, five years ago. But then I looked, and he was QB6. So I was like, okay. so what's bounce back for him? Is it QB2, QB3? I definitely think he gets back in the top five. And it's a little counterintuitive because we bring in a coach in Matt LaFleur who we expect to utilize the run game more offense. And I think the defense is going to improve as well with another year under Patton and a lot of the free agent signings they've made. So generally, that's not... Boating perfectly well, setting the stage exactly for a quarterback to absolutely light it up from a fantasy perspective, but I think the running game, the increased and improved usage of the running game will actually help Aaron, uh, help him in terms of uh, you know setting up play action especially, and uh, this is a guy that last year um, we thought it was a down year, and it was a little bit of a down year in terms of completion percentages, but it was his best yards per attempt in four years with 7.4, and he protects the ball so well, 25 touchdowns, just two interceptions, so uh, I think he can build off those numbers and maybe creep back up into the 35 to 40 touchdown range?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's impossible to say that he could be the number one or number two or number three quarterback if Lamar Jackson is my number one. <laughs> I think he is. Right? Like it, it's, it's not impossible to say he can't compete or it's not impossible to say he can compete with Patrick Mahomes, as far as the number one fantasy quarterback. Now, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards is a very difficult thing for any quarterback to do. Patrick Mahomes is better situated in an offense that tailored to a skill set with a better offensive coach. And I think that's fair to say, despite what we don't really know with Matt LaFleur, that Andy Mm -hmm. Reid is a better offensive coach. But still, 5,000 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, it's difficult to assume for anybody, despite how talented Patrick Mahomes is, that he can replicate those kinds of numbers especially in a professional football league like the nfl that seems to adapt to whatever the hot thing is and kind of change it or alter it we kind of see that with the rams offense at least in the super bowl Mm -hmm. with the patriots there's ways to figure out what an offense is doing and to stop it i think aaron Rodgers could potentially do well in a system that he likes with a coach that he likes Mm -hmm. with more skill position players out there like marquez valda scantling like aaron jones who should be utilized more often, even Equinemi St. Brown or Geronimo Allison or Jay Kumaro? Those are better receivers now with another year of Aaron Rodgers under helm that that could make a difference like it's not impossible Mm -hmm. for me to think that he could be the number one two number two or three fantasy quarterback overall
2: there's no doubt in my mind i mean mike mccarthy didn't get fired because uh he was a losing coach that's absolutely not the case he got fired because he was consistently underachieved and if you look at some of those massive rogers years and consider that possibly underachieving or at least as part of an effect of that uh we could definitely see uh those numbers shoot right back up and i think the price you know qb4 what you're getting right now i think there's absolutely Possibility for value there, Um, and you know he he definitely needs to be considered within the first three four rounds in two quarterback leagues as well. I would say Uh, you know I could put him up there. Mahomes, Watson, because there's so much um, running upside with him. But then after that, um, I think Rodgers is number three, and it's pretty clear on my list. But uh, another bounce back quarterback that uh, I definitely wanted to discuss. So I threw out a poll, and I thought Jameis Winston was going to win win this poll. That's why I voted for it. Was what quarterback outside of the top twenty last year will? has the best chance of getting back into the top ten this season, and uh, you know I threw guys like uh, like Stafford on there just so I could have four options for people to pick from, and a couple a couple people did vote for them. Josh Allen was one of them, although he did wasn't starting the whole year, so maybe that wasn't the fairest. But I thought Jameis Winston was going to be the bounce back candidate, uh, you know, given he still has all his weapons, he has the he has a new competent coach in Bruce Arians, and uh, plenty of weapons around him. Um, but the guy that won and won by a landslide uh, was Carson Wentz, and now he we call him a bounce back candidate it because of the injury issues last season but I thought the general audience was going to be a little bit more wary about Carson Wentz and and his injury history and maybe be more likely to go to James Winston but I think we're taking overall team context in, in, in a system that that Carson Wentz should be familiar with by now with a lot of the same supporting cast and including the addition of uh, Miles Sanders, who could be explosive in the backfield, or at least adds another dynamic and different plays we can run in that offense. But I think both Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston fit the bounce-back candidate profile, and I really like them both, especially, uh, I mean, Carson Wentz, you have to pay a decent price for roughly QB7. Jameis Winston is barely on that QB1. He's kind of flirting on the edge there. So I think both those guys could easily be QB1s by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, Deshaun Jackson, also another addition to the Eagles receiving core, which should make a differ- difference. Alshon Jeffrey's mm-hmm. healthy. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, as well i loved him when he was drafted i, I don't know he, like he's the number four receiver on their depth chart right now but frankly has the talent to be the number one overall guy on their depth chart like it's entirely possible that he could get to that spot by the end of the season uh he's obviously a rookie receiver so it's unlikely but the talent is there and they are four deep at running back they are four deep at receiver they're two deep at tight end despite dallas goddard who's expected to miss most mm-hmm. of the preseason uh with i think a foot injury of his own but still that's a that's a very deep offense the one detriment to maybe Carson Wentz that their defense is also going to be really good. But frankly, they're going to be playing against some really bad competition, in the NFC East, the Giants and Redskins in particular, where I think it's it's very realistic that Carson Wentz is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. I also think Jameis Winston is going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. And I would almost, dare I say, take Winston over Wentz In leagues that don't value turnovers at all, or at least don't don't value like the the Vegas, the Vegas. I've I've seen some
2: leagues that oh, I look through the scoring center settings, interceptions interceptions. thrown zero, you know, and then I've seen some leagues that go interceptions thrown minus four. In which case, a guy like Rogers shoots way up the rankings, and
1: then Winston gets faded. But in leagues that aren't valuing interceptions or fumbles or whatever else, I think Mm -hmm. Winston actually is the guy I'd prefer over Carson Wentz. Again, make no mistake, I think both are going to be top ten fantasy eligible quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But I like Winston's offense. I like Chris Godwin. Like Mike Evans, and I I think Bruce Arians is going to make a significant Mm -hmm. difference. This has got to be one of the first times in Winston's career since he was drafted, frankly, that he was the guaranteed number one quarterback on that depth chart. And mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be a confidence booster for him. So in an in an atmosphere in an environment and in an offense that's gonna be effective and beneficial to him, why not assume that he could be a top ten fantasy quarterback? I don't think it's mm-hmm. out of the realm of possibility.
2: Yeah, both of these guys absolutely were if you draft them anywhere close to their ADP right now, I think you get a value in there and they're definitely some bounce back candidates.
1: I, I threw Derek Carr into the list as a guy that I thought could mm-hmm. get a bounce back. And I don't want to spend too much time on him because he's again getting drafted outside the top twenty in in more it, More than likely, he's probably going to be a QB two, a guy that you pick up to roulette style if you need to in bye weeks, or Mm -hmm. in two QB leagues, you might be starting him. But at the end of the day, with the additions they made with Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, I think Josh Jacobs makes a big deal as well. I think Darren Walker could be a sneaky tight end as well for that offense. This team has improved Mm -hmm. significantly offensively and they've added their skill position players. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Carr repeats what his second year was with the Raiders just under 4,000 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, 13 mm-hmm. picks. He basically had those numbers last season for an offense that was way worse and a team that was way worse. He just didn't have the 13 extra touchdowns. He only had 19 exactly. as close to 32.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and I feel better about him. The Antonio Brown head case situation seems to be slightly uh, subsiding. It doesn't look like he's going to pull a Calvin Johnson and straight up retire. So um, maybe once we get some normalcy to that camp over the next couple weeks, I can't wait to see how that plays out on hard knocks tonight, by the way.
1: I know. I, I'm looking <laughs> forward ready. to seeing that too. I hope they address the N- Antonio yeah, Brown I, you can. I were, mean, the but...
2: whole half the first episode is about Antonio Brown, right? So right. You, you can't just pretend the whole helmet thing didn't happen. Uh, so i'm excited to see that i'll be but, curious to watch it too yeah, yeah. again
1: so uh, carl is a guy that bounced back maybe to his, his second year uh i don't think it's crazy to say he's gonna be a top 15 guy and certainly that you could stream uh in mm-hmm. dfs in particular i think will be a, a pretty good and relevant number i had a hard time picking out any tight ends that could be comeback eligible i, I kind of thought about jimmy graham but frankly yeah. i might have I taken
2: the obvious one but let's do your guy first
1: I, well no i don't i don't even know if i want to do my guy like i think jimmy graham Uh, I was really high on him last year. There was this obvious like, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't use his tight end at all. And I'm like, well, no, I actually watched... Him used your Michael Finley really effectively when Finley was healthy. And People that was, forget
2: about him, man. Do I miss that guy? Yeah, well, it was so cool in the Packer Packers. Fans do. Even the Packers had a dy- dynamic, athletic yes. tight end that could stretch the field in their offense. And I, I know every Packer fan thought they were going to get that with Jimmy Graham. Uh, I know he's hoping for a larger role. You know, you get the coach speak early on, but at 32 years old and having never really done it outside of his time with Drew Brees, he did have one good Seattle season. So and that was ma- mainly touchdowns. And though. that was very touchdown right. heavy, exactly. And the Packers have Devonte Adams if they're going to throw the ball in the red zone who i trust quite a bit more at this stage so it's possible it can be done
1: it's it's difficult again i was trying to pick guys that were maybe getting drafted as tight end 14 15 in that range as someone who could bounce back and graham Mm -hmm. fits that mold not so much for his talent and his age but where he fits with aaron Rodgers and the packers offense and i disagree with you i think adams will be a red zone threat but i think graham is probably the second most impactful red zone, the threat that they have when they're throwing the ball, and at least last mm-hmm. year under Mike McCarthy, they were throwing the ball in the red zone way more than running. Yeah, we can't really
2: we can't really count count that for this year it though. We got the to whole be new seen system. What Matt offense is yeah. going to do.
1: So that was my my couch on the the tight end uh, bounce back guy. I feel more confident talking about your guys, Hunter Henry in particular. Mm-hmm. Again, he missed all of last season. Essentially, he came back for the Chargers blowout loss, to the Patriots in the playoffs, and only played seventeen or fourteen snaps or whatever it was. Um, This is a guy that was talked about as a top-five tight end overall, even when he was drafted, potentially. He had to get Antonio Gates out of the way. Well, Gates is gone now, and just Mm -hmm. blocking tight end Virgil Green is left. Among that death chart, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Green, and he's still being drafted among the top-seven tight ends overall. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting in your draft room and you're looking – to think about drafting Hunter Henry and you see his numbers from last year, for example, that were not existing, you might be like, hey, hang on, wait a second. Why is he ranked tight end number six or his ADP right now over the last seven days is creeping up real close to Evan Ingram at tight end number five. So people are definitely high on what he can do. Uh, you mentioned that he returned in the AFC Championship game. So if he was able to play in the playoffs last year and has this whole offseason ahead of him, I'm not really super concerned about health issues holding him back. I mean, I guess there's, there's always re-injury, but I don't see him as much higher of a re-injury risk than anybody else in this situation Um, we know he's an athlete okay we have that to start with a 6'5 250 pound guy who ran a 468 at the combine again granted pre-injury but you know he can still get back to that Um, and I can see him getting red zone targets especially if the running back situation is unstable we know with the Melvin Gordon holdout happening um, and then you know, looking back at his history before, and this was with you know Philip Rivers, very similar offensive setup. There wasn't necessarily Antonio Gates to contend with, but uh, uh, in those two seasons, he had 115 career targets, 9.2 career yards per target. Not bad for a tight end. Um, and of course, he's only going to turn 25 this season, so he's still a young guy right. who's capable of recovering. Um, I think. You know, we have him at 64 overall, kind of fifth to sixth round pick, and and, and I'd be okay with that if you sure up a couple running backs and receivers early, and want to a lock lot down that shares. tight end, and I could see taking him at that position. Because after Hunter Henry, there's, in my opinion, there's a teardrop off. You go to Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, those types of guys. Well, I think McDonald could be fantasy productive. Um, I think Henry uh, has a much higher ceiling and, and is Njoku someone that you want. Part have.
1: of that or below
2: it? Njoku's number ten in the last seven days, okay. but I'm looking at last seven days. I can look at last uh, well, thirty days here. I have them both up here. Uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland, and Njoku's a great athlete. But um, yeah, we'll see. He's number ten in the last thirty days as okay. well. So
1: see, and I like the advanced mcdonald and david nujoku's if i don't take hunter henry problem is i've been taking the hunter henry and oj howard Mm -hmm. essentially every time i get in that round five six range it's interesting you bring up evan ingram to me this is a no-brainer henry over evan ingram and frankly that could be another tuesday Mm -hmm. podcast edition where we talk about this guy or that guy and he could pass him in adp any day now yeah and, and it's entirely possible with how limited the weapons are with New York and the passer that they have in uh, Mm -hmm. Eli Manning as opposed to Phillip Rivers it's a no-brainer that I'd take Hunter Henry and it's worth pointing out in his rookie season he didn't play a full 16 games he had just under 500 passing yards and 8 touchdowns the 8 touchdowns is really important to me if Melvin Gordon does continue his contract holdout into the regular season the biggest beneficiary of that is not going to be Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler despite what the ADP might suggest currently it's going to be Hunter Henry in the red zone besides maybe Mike Williams I don't think I was going to say people might argue that williams has that big body to be a target uh, as well philip rivers has been looking at hunter henry in the red zone significantly more i think and, and williams really actually showed himself well in the red zone as well so that's fine but i think henry is the biggest beneficiary in the red zone that's where melvin gordon shined the most in the past two or three seasons so if that contract holdout happens like we're kind of seeing so far i think it's actually henry that gets the biggest boost as opposed to any of those running backs
2: mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you there
1: all right, well, we're going to get to the running back position, and frankly, I only had one guy. You had him like four or five, which is good. It's good conversation. I have two
2: guys. We'll stick to the top-tier All ones. Right. We don't need to go. We, <laughs> do, we can make this a two-hour show if we had to, but we'll stick to the top-tier guys who I think people are being a little unnecessarily um, a little unnecessarily hesitant yeah. on, but we'll get to that in a sec. Yes. You do your thing, Joe.
1: Yeah, we we got to get a word from our friends from Auto New Fantasy Football. Auto New Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like a real GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep-rostered, and college-player prospects i love that part of it you can stash the next rookie of the year while he's still tearing up on saturdays that's why i have jonathan taylor on my two auto new fantasy teams trade for superstars to make a championship championship push develop a team over multiple years play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet visit O T T O N E U dot com today. I don't know if you get to do any of those auto new fantasy leagues, but they are one of my favorite formats. Mm-hmm. For I haven't
2: dabbled there. into the debut leagues too much uh, with the college guys, so uh, uh, see,
1: I, I love that a lot. I have a uh, Darrell Henderson um, on a cheap two year or two dollar contract as well. Um, we've had Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson get to be pretty fantasy relevant quarterbacks, and at least in lo- those leagues, they're also QB flex, so it mm-hmm. makes those even more valuable. I, I I've got been you. Really in any those. kind of
2: college fantasy, you got to do QB flex because. Quarterbacks are so so much higher scoring. Right. You had the chance of eight, throwing two rushing touchdowns in a week, especially when you get some of these uh, you know lesser teams to open up the season.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. And one guy that I actually rostered on my team now for the last two seasons, the RotoWire edition of the out New Fantasy League, was Delvin Cook. He's a guy that's on your breakout candidate list, or at least somebody mm-hmm. that um, should improve bounce from back, last year. Bounce yeah. back, not break yeah, breakout. Right. Because well, you could argue that he hasn't officially broken out yet. I, I think you could mm-hmm. do both. I think mm-hmm. he's possible for a bounce back and yet still hasn't broken out. I think that's exactly fair.
2: I mean, over the last two seasons, he's played all of 15 games. He I mean, was a little better last year playing 11, but it was easy for the Vikings to spell him with Latavius Murray around. Uh, we don't have Latavius Murray around. There's uh, the rookie out of uh, Boise State, I believe, Alexander Madison, Amir Abdullah, Mike Boone had an excellent preseason opener, but I'm not seriously considering those guys' threats to turn this into a timeshare. All of a sudden, Delvin Cook's a career four point seven yards per carry guy. He's a very capable receiver, and the reason his ADP is down quite a bit this year is because I think people are really concerned about injuries, and, and you know that's that's fair uh, because given a player who's you know missed all almost 15 games, we'll say over the last couple, but his ADP is nine right now over the last 30 days, which means he's right behind James Conner and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is where I think that decision starts to get really interesting and i like delvin cook to bounce back for a variety of reasons Uh, the offensive setup uh, he well he's a he's a capable receiver he's going to get screen Mm -hmm. passes even on the goal line we saw this in the preseason uh they threw the one yard touchdown pass to the running back madison so uh that the fact that that's even in the playbook uh, makes it bode well for uh delvin cook's fantasy value the guy's just 24 years old um, so you got that going on, and uh, I think he's got really positive team contacts. The d- defense is decent enough. I think the uh, the Vikings are going to be right up there in the NFC North contention right till the end. So. He's going to get a lot of usage in positive contest contexts where the team is ahead. I'm going to talk about team context quite a bit because uh, you know it's the primary reason I'm not bringing up Leonard Fournette and the bounce back candidates thing today because I just don't see the Jaguars being very good and they're going to need to hold some leads for Fournette to be fantasy relevant. I think Dalvin Cook has a much better chance to do that than Fournette, and I'm very comfortable taking him early in the second round.
1: Yeah, I I love. I love what Delvin Cook could be when he's healthy, and that's the reason why I had him in that dynasty format. And while I have him in a couple of other ones besides the auto new leagues that we were just talking about earlier, I, I think Delvin Cook, when healthy, is a top five talent in the NFL at his position. And I, I truly mm-hmm. believe that. It's not trying to be a hot take with – like Lamar Jackson and stuff or anything like that. No,
2: I, that I, see, that one I can actually I, buy. This I one, you're back to the that. real world now, Joe.
1: <laughs> I truly believe Delvin Cook could be a top-five talent. And the offense is great. Like Adam Thielen's Stephon Diggs could already carry the Vikings' passing attack, as is mm-hmm. you add in Delvin Cook, who should get receptions mm-hmm. like you mentioned. And actually, we talked about that with Bob, Bob Seventry mm-hmm. on the Wednesday yeah. uh, Wednesday show that I do with him, mm-hmm. uh, at least 15 yeah. minutes everywhere. And he was saying that Delvin Cook is one of the better running backs in Vikings history. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Yeah. Over Adrian Peterson. He's like, well, yeah, I mean
2: over Adrian you, Peterson. You've heard me uh, pump up Trubisky, and, and I think we both feel the same way about the Packers. But if you look at the NFC North, I think uh, in terms of pure skill position players, quote unquote fantasy skill position players, I think the Vikings have the most talent.
1: Yeah, and, and it, that's it not even me, hot. It pains me to say that as a Packers fan, but I, I don't really disagree mm-hmm. with you, too. And I think Kyle Rudolph. They might have the third best
2: quarterback in there, or even the fourth best quarterback in the division. <laughs> but as far as other skill positions, there's plenty of talent there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think Delvin Cook be, could be that guy. My only issue, though, is that I just don't know if he can be healthy, and that's why I'm steering away from him over as a guy opposed to Joe Mixon, or really what I'm doing at that back into the first round is taking mm-hmm. the receivers: Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas. That's really what. What about been Nick
2: Chubb? That's where things get interesting. Nick Chubb or Delvin Cook?
1: Uh, so I had talked about how I was fading Nick Chubb in the Wire magazine, which is funny enough. Can't you, probably, fade Nick you, Chubb. you could you could probably uh, you know sell that right now, but mm-hmm. uh, that was when his ADP was going in the top seven or. Eight overall, and then it's now kind of faded to the point where we're talking mid second round to late or late first round, and mm-hmm. that's more comfortable with me. I'm fading Nick Chubb because of Duke Johnson, who now is traded, and Kareem Hunt, who doesn't come back to week 10. So it's a little less,
2: uh, easier. You're for, fading Nick Chubb because he has less competition. I, Did I'm I hear get that, to right? that I'm getting okay. to that. Uh, okay, so
1: I, I was going, I was fading Nick Chubb then in the NFL magazine because of Duke mm-hmm. Johnson, who was traded, and Kareem Hunt, who doesn't come back to week 10. Again, those guys, Johnson's gone. Hunt doesn't come back to Week 10. It's really difficult for me to say, all right, now I need to start taking uh, Delvin Cook before Chubb when those guys are gone. I think the passing attack is going to have to have a bigger focus on Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and David Njoku, where Chubb isn't going to be the first option like he was last year. Still, I think he is worth a late first-round pick. I might take Mixon over both Cook and Chubb, though.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, see, yeah, that's a little bit... I think I put Mixon behind those guys, but it's really... Uh, I don't think you can necessarily lose in that tier you too can't much. go wrong. Yeah, no. so I, I love the, the ceiling that all these Somehow guys... This, I was listening to a Dublin pod yesterday, and someone took uh, Nick Chubb 5 right. in a mock draft that's, because people are starting active. to get afraid of Ezekiel Elliott, and I understand yeah. the reasoning, and maybe I'd be more... At this point, I might be more likely to take Chubb than someone like Le'Veon Bell, and James Conner gets really interesting. I, I mean, I like Chubb a lot, but... Uh, Now we're getting off the rails here because Chubb's not even a bounce back. He's a continuing his trajectory. Well, it's fine
1: because we're hitting running backs. And frankly, that was a Mm -hmm. great segue to my bounce back guy. Number five overall for Nick Chubb is absurd. And it's absurd because David Johnson is the number four running back ahead of Ezekiel Elliott today. Now, mm-hmm. if Ezekiel Elliott is able to sign and rejoins the Cowboys and great, everyone's happy hunky-dory, fine. Put Ezekiel Elliott as number two, number one, if you like him over Saquon Barkley. No qualms about that whatsoever. But for me, and it's been this way since week one of the pre- or well, really week one of OTAs, and it has not changed once, it's not a big four with Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. It's a big five with David Johnson included. Yes. Everyone feels burned by him, and I understand that, right? He had under a 1,000 uh, rushing yards last year. He had, I think, what, eight total t- – or he had 10 total touchdowns, and frankly, most of those came in the back half when people were well out of fantasy contention anyway. Mm-hmm. His situation in this offense as the main running back in a passing attack, which should feature the running back – is mind-boggling to me that he is not being considered among the top three running backs currently. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't get it at all. Like, great, Nick Chubb looked fantastic for eight games or whatever it was last year for the Browns, but we know what David Johnson can do. We've seen over multiple years, not games, years, and is in an offense that is better suited for his skill set than Nick Chubb.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we see what a good running quarterback can do to the running back The running back play in general you know looking at guys how Gus Edwards was viable with Lamar Jackson or how guys like Chris Carson suddenly become fantasy relevant when Russell Wilson's your quarterback and I think we run into the same thing here when when uh, Murray's a threat to pull the ball and run in the other direction all of a sudden these linebackers can't bite anymore and have to stay home and stay in their lanes and that opens up more lanes for Johnson so that mixed with the fast pace and the number of plays I expect him to get makes him a pretty clear cut guy for number five for me so uh, because he had under a thousand yards last year Year and was disappointing for a lot of fantasy owners. He, I think, he fits the bounce back candidate uh, excellently, and I can't argue with him as number five overall.
1: Yeah, I, I think people because I don't know if you get this often. I get a lot of people asking me, friends and family, oh, like you know, fantasy general advice, yada yada yada. And there's always that, who do I take in the top five picks? And I always say mm-hmm. David Johnson. Almost every single time, it's that eyebrow yep. raising gift that occurs mm-hmm. when I say that, and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. This offense is completely different, and while we don't know what it is from last year, mm-hmm. we know it's better. Because it can't be any worse. It was historically worse offense.
2: And the other thing is if we go a couple more weeks without the Zeke situation being resolved, um, the fifth pick could get even worse because I could see some people stretching and taking DJ at four.
1: Then I, go, then I go Zeke five. I I'm, I'm not. I can't mm-hmm. I can't rationalize taking him out of my top five altogether. Yeah. I'm not unless, saying
2: do that yet, right. but it could happen. We could have this conversation two weeks from now.
1: Unless Zeke is like, all right, I'm not playing at all. See you guys. And I'm just going to be in Cancun some more. Okay. Then, then I'm, I, then, until that happens, I'm still taking him on my top five. But I think DJ mm-hmm. right now, as is, is my number four running back. You have one more running back that you're interested yeah. in to bounce back, Can And I think a lot of people are at least sniffing around his value and what he could mm-hmm. be in the offense.
2: Yeah, I'll run through this quick because I do want to get some receivers before the end of the show here. But uh, we got to talk about Devontae Freeman because this is a player that is only 27 years old and has previously been regarded as a first-round talent and has definitely finished in the top three among running backs in the past. And he's someone that falls in the bounce-back situation because of the injury history here. And there's a lot to like with uh, Devontae Freeman, but first and foremost it's no Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman was always there to vulture some goal line carries, make their split, and looking at the Atlanta depth chart right now, I'm not necessarily seeing a ton behind Devontae Freeman to get me excited. I mean, it's pretty much a three-way battle between Ido Smith, Quadre Olison, Brian Hill, those types of guys uh, to be the backup to Devontae Freeman. Will he be an absolute bell cow? Maybe not, but I see him getting a bigger percentage of the snaps than he has, as long as he stays healthy. A bigger percentage than the last few years without Tevin Coleman around. You know, you got all the coach speak around him. We just wrote a uh, Uh, We wrote an update on him today. This might actually came out right before our show. But Dan Quinn said he's had, quote, an outstanding offseason. The energy he brought back, starting with OTAs, he's a stronger man than he was prior to his injury. That's very high praise. And I know people have Matt Ryan ranked very highly on their quarterbacks list. And I know people have Julio Jones. And if you put all that together, I don't see how you cannot have Devontae Freeman. Right now, he's going as... about 36 overall in draft, NF, oh, I say NF, NFFC drafts over the last 30 days. Um, I think he if you let him seep into the third round that's a big mistake and I might even be more comfortable going to someone like him than you, you know we've got Damian Williams who's a little bit banged up and Andy Reid said recently that they might do a committee you've got Leonard Fournette who's going to be on a horrible team who uh, has never quite lived up to his potential both those guys are going up to 10 spots higher in ADP and yes there's injury risk with uh, Devonte Freeman but I'm almost more comfortable stomaching that risk than uh, some of the other
1: guys in that tier interesting like I like Devonte Freeman I know others do as well but not before Damian Williams like that that's that's too aggressively high for me and I you're understand. not worried
2: about the committee situation yet I, I a think guy Andy, that I think hasn't Andy had 100 carries in a smart. season smart
1: to an extent now certainly don't ask me about smart and fourth fourth quarter or game clock management that's not Andy any <laughs> uh, skill set but he can identify talent right like and Damian williams is a talent in an offense that's going to be one of the better ones in the nfl if not the best for a second consecutive year it's mm-hmm. really difficult for me to assume oh yeah i'm going to put carlos hayden who has struggled for years to be a relevant fan or relevant running back not just fancy relevant running back mm-hmm. when given so many shares and opportunities why wouldn't you have a Damian williams i'll be more concerned um with the guy that really actually did pretty well in the preseason darwin thompson mm-hmm. uh in week one I, I think me harbin factors yeah. in a little bit and takes away stuff mm-hmm. but the running back by committee i'm not at all scared mm-hmm. off by the
2: concern for me is just that he's never had more than 50 carries in a year so is he going to suddenly jump up to 250 that's one of those I where, where I understand why he's going where he is, but I'm a little bit more hesitant than most. We yeah. can do a whole—I uh, mean, listen, Jeff just did this yesterday, but higher than most, lower right. than most. Right. You know, We're doing a lot of that today, I guess, with these bounce backs.
1: And I think, I think Damon Williams is a candidate for both kinds of situations, and I understand what you're saying too. But where he's given in that offense context, I think it's hard for me to say. But you're right, though. I would take Devonta Freeman— over Leonard Fournette certainly and I actually would and this is blasphemous to say being in Wisconsin and Madison in particular but I would take Devonta Freeman over Aaron Jones
2: that's where it starts to get really really close to me I think being in Wisconsin we're not going to have to deal with that dilemma yes. a ton Yes, um, but if someone wants to take you know Jones a few picks ahead and leave Freeman for me I'm not going to be upset about it
1: we're going to run down the receivers that uh, could be candidates for a, a bounce back season f- uh, after our word from Fantasy Football Evolution Fantasy Football Evolution is back for 2019 and better than ever you spoke and we listened we've added mock drafting moved the championship final to week 16 and made setting up a private competition, a snap join us and play the game you love as it was meant to be played. FFFE's unique three-stage format delivers the best of the season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts or late-season absentee owner and waiver-wire antics that can develop into traditional leagues. Play as an individual or be the commissioner of your own private league, you'll get 16 weeks of action for just $25. You could be the next Fantasy Football Evolution $25,000 champion. Maximize your chances that by owning multiple teams, optional auto-draft and lineup assists can help you manage them with ease. It's all there. What are you waiting for? Register now at FantasyFootballEvolution.com and join the Evolution. Availability varies by state, and visit FantasyFootballEvolution.com for details. Let's get to those wide receivers real quickly. I wish I could have been more um, fluid with some of these. Kenny Stills is kind of my main bounce-back candidate, and I don't even like the Dolphins' offense, but I think the talent is there. That was really it for me, though. I didn't feel mm-hmm. fa- fantastically confident about recommending one person or another. And I think even Stills' one is like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends on if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays six games or if he plays two. Yeah, you don't. You, I actually liked
2: your other one that you did jotted down. I didn't know if we had too much time to get to him. But Jarvis Landry, especially after the Callaway suspension, yeah. uh, we've got Freddie Kitchens. We've got another year of Baker Mayfield. He only caught – it was less than 1,000 yards, only four touchdowns, 81 receptions. Those are all um, – those are all – career lows except for the yardage or tied for or at career lows um, I think he could bounce back as well Kenny Stills I don't like the whole offensive scheme as much and I think we know what we're getting out of Kenny Stills so I don't expect him um, you know what do we have last year uh, for guess, Kenny Stills uh, sub
1: 600 receiving yards I felt yeah, like
2: that's I, over 15 games so I guess it was the worst year since 2015 so we could maybe consider a bounce back there but I mean if he jumps up 300 yards and keeps the touchdowns the same is that? I don't know if that's I'll really a bounce back I,
1: I like Stills as a DFA can it quite a bit if Fitzpatrick is quarterback. Like if we're seeing the Fitzpatrick from Tampa Bay, then Stills mm-hmm. and probably Devonte Parker probably makes some sense too. But that yes. that one, the Jarvis Landry one, maybe it was just because you were talking Nick, Nick Chubb so much, but it's just difficult for me to assume in an offense that has Odell Beckham, that has Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, that has well, Beckham's going to get all the double coverage. You're not going to double cover both of them. He's still going to get his targets though. Like if Baker's smart and if yeah. Freddie Kitchens is smart, they're going to be throwing to Baker whether he's double or triple. Mm-hmm. But, but is Freddie Kitchens
2: going to gonna be having Baker throw the ball up in a double coverage or get the first down... Uh, you know, with a regular in route or something from Landry. I and think trust you're his still hands. going to be
1: targeting Odell Beckham regardless. So mm-hmm. it's a I little mean, bit, they'll different.
2: target him more, right. But Landry will still get his.
1: Yeah. So th- maybe that's where I'm like, uh, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent certain on that, but Allen Robbins is an interesting name. I was so high on him last year. Uh, I was kind of talked into everything about that Bears offense and how great it would be and to some extent it was Mm -hmm. certainly made Mitchell Trubisky look like a better quarterback than I think he might be but a lot of that was placed off of gadget plays and Tariq Cohen doing some things or maybe getting a few uh, breakaway runs from Trubisky as the quarterback. Allen Robinson Mm -hmm. was not a huge factor of that Bears offense overall. Do you think in year two he'll be a bigger difference?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, so. last year's numbers were 55 for 754 and four touchdowns Um, You know, unless you count the injury season he had to go back to his rookie year for him to lows there but eight yards per target that's certainly encouraging for Allen robinson he's only 25 years old and now he's a couple years away from uh the knee injury so you would assume that all the health and all, all that is going on uh i talked up mitch trubisky a couple weeks back and for the reason for a lot of the same reasons i think that logic can apply to alan robinson you know you've got the second year with the team second year with matt nagy um i just Robinson's, he's only 25. Right. We were huge on him. He was a fantasy stud in Jacksonville. And I think he can maybe not match the Jacksonville numbers, but definitely jump up a lot from last year.
1: He's got a body, too, that nobody else in Chicago has offensively, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. Trey Burton, but even Trey Burton, I think, is smaller than what Allen Robinson could exactly. be. So, right, like what he could factor in, even as a red zone threat, is different than what a lot of other yeah. players for Chicago can really yeah.
2: apply. Yeah, 6'3", 2'11", and you look at his tier right now, I mean, A.J. Green's right ahead of him. I'm not really going to mess with. That Elshon Jeffries right behind him. Okay, maybe. And you know we're starting to look at Cooper Cup right ahead of him. You know that's in that three-headed wide receiver monster that gets a little risky. And right below guys like Allen Robinson. You know I think these guys should be Robbie Anderson. See, you those see all those things.
1: names and I'm, I'm uh, I just don't feel great about it. This is exactly why I'm getting receivers and running backs a little bit earlier so mm-hmm. that if if at most Allen Robinson has to be my number wide receiver three in my lineup. So that's that's kind of how I've been putting together mm-hmm. my team to avoid situations. You're not going like to
2: be able to get him at a wide receiver price though. So that's a thing i'm just saying that when you're let's see Allen robinson's 60 so when you're closing up the fourth round and you're starting to think about taking your second wide receiver mm-hmm. he becomes viable to me
1: okay all right and that's that's fair i i think mm-hmm. I like Allen Robinson's talents mm-hmm. a lot. I yeah. think in the offense it's going to be fine, but something about him, it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Exactly, yeah. Well, that, that does it for us on the World Aware NFL Tuesday edition of the podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Uh, again, this is more of a bounce-back candidate, not so much people that we super high on given their mm-hmm. ADPs or anything like that, but players yeah. that we think could very could do well yeah. compared to what they did last Yeah, season.
2: we're not saying a reach well above the ADP, but it's more of a, okay, they come up on your list as the player you should take now. You had a bad experience last year or the year before don't scratch them off and move to the next guy and get less value because of it because they think that they can come back and have better years than the year before whether it was the injury, new offenses, other outstanding circumstances there's a lot of reason these guys can come back and before you let me go I just want to say one more thing uh, uh, we're still giving out magazines uh, if, you, if you're if you hesitant to go ahead and give us a five star <laughs> review on iTunes uh, because you think we ran out of magazines or you think uh, that the people ahead of you have taken, uh, taken up all the spots, still a handful out there so go ahead and screenshot your five star review on iTunes, I'll go ahead and send your free magazine right now still relevant in this very good uh, to have handy especially for the player outlooks those are what i love the most if you read 10 outlooks a day you're going to be ready to go by by the time your draft is in a couple weeks so uh five star rating review on itunes if you're not an apple user go ahead and just make an itunes account for free i don't care if it's a dumb email address do what you got to do uh send me the screenshot and i will mail you a magazine so that beats the heck out of paying 10 bucks for one in the store
1: (laughs) excellent jake thanks and we'll talk to you guys again next week This is the RotoWare NFL Tuesday Podcast.
0: Mother’s Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful, time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom’s into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she’ll love.